I think for Munster, for them in order to get a performance and a result, they need to concentrate on how well they've played over the last eight weeks since that kind of post Six Nations win. The Red 78 with Alan Quinlan and Neil Briggs. Subscribe to the Rugby Channel on the OTB Sports app and turn on your notifications now. The Football Pod on OTB Sports. In partnership with AIB, proud sponsors of the GAA Senior Football Championship. Check out hashtag the toughest for more. You're all very welcome along to what is now episode 18 of the Football Pod with Paddy Andrews and James O'Donoghue. Lads, it's been a very busy day of sport. We are recording on a Sunday today. Paddy, Liverpool just couldn't get over the line. It was touch and go, wasn't it? I thought they might make it. Um, an almighty collapse from Aston Villa in the last 15 minutes. Um, yeah, I'm a United fan anyway, so we were beaten yet again today for about the 100th time this season, so... Put that one to bed and get the new manager in and try and turn it around. But fair play to City. Yeah, they nicked it in the end. Yeah, James, it was more a Man City comeback than a Villa collapse, wasn't it? A bit of... You want to bring Gundogan off the bench? A bit of both. A bit of both. But when they brought Gundogan on, I was like, he ain't going to score. And first he got two. Sterling probably made the difference, didn't he? Yeah. Neville Neville can't... Neville, Neville, Neville can't help himself. He was just like, gone again, you little dancer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah he did. That's your look at that. Was it? Listen, apart from City winning the league today um, and the Talchin Cup kicking off this weekend, we have some big news to announce. Go on. Of course, going to Castlebar on June the 2nd. We can oh, reveal to all of the Football Pod listeners that our special guest, one of our special guests on the night, is going to be your old foe and the Mayo legend, Keith Higgins. 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 Stay up for that fella. Zippy. <laughs> so we're gonna we're gonna reenact the greatest battle. James O'Donoghue against Keith Higgins. Paddy. <laughs> who won? I remember watching it at the time. I was watching it on the couch at home, looking at Jimmy. Peak Jimmy. Peak Higgins as well, to be fair to him. It, it was a it was a, it's a funny one though when you read back in it, like because it's one of those things that's been written about as being the ep- one of the epic battles. And unless you really dig into the games and watch them back, it's hard to tell. And it's, I think it's because of you experienced it in real time. And James, I know you experienced it in, in, in the game itself. But when you experienced it in real time, there was moments when Higgins was, was on top. There was moments when O'Donoghue was on top. And then at the end of the game, you look at the sheet and it's James O'Donoghue 2-6 and Kerry have won. So when you're looking back at it then a couple of years later, it's, it's kind of hard. But uh, James, at the time, like that was yourself and Keith. Bodie is flying at the top of your games, going toe-to-toe against each other. It was pretty exciting stuff. It was, I suppose, when you're in the moment of it, when you're losing a ball and winning a ball and losing a ball, it actually does focus you even more just to think about the next one because, like, you can't let the mistake get on top of you because he beat me out to a couple. What he was doing was marking me from the front and I was trying yeah. to to beat him out to him and he, he caught me out in front a couple of times and then I just snuck in back door a few times behind him. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and, and cut him out. So it was one of those. It was complete a complete mental battle trope because, it, you know, if I if I let one or two mistakes get to me, he would have absolutely beat me out the gate. And then we got it. We got a couple of penalties. Like so, you know, well, I was lucky to come out on top. It was more of a, an even one, I think, really. Yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't even the penalties. It was nearly like you got that ball early on in, in Limerick, and Higgins makes this unbelievable Superman block. You go yeah. for goal. And Donahue's just Donahue's there. Goal, the jammy yeah. finishing off the back of it. Like, so whatever Keith ended up doing. But there is a little highlights package that anyone who's there in the night in Castlebar may get a little teaser of, of Higgins actually dispossessing you about 12 times in the game and you take <laughs> <laughs> and beating him. 
It's, it's not just when I say like experiencing it in real time. I, I had a little look back on, on Twitter. I, I searched in August 30th, 2014, and I typed in James O'Donoghue's name and Keith Higgins' name. And a couple of interesting tweets came up. So this is nearly like experiencing the game in real time again. At Owen. It's nearly like at Owen Onion. <coughs> name is. Keith Higgins versus James O'Donoghue. An unreal battle. Gillian Murphy pipes in. Keith Higgins is brilliant. Some battle between him and James O'Donoghue, two of the best players in the country. This is great to watch. Jerry Moriarty, about 15 minutes later. Jerry O'Donoghue. And Keith Higgins has been amazing. Two of the best players in the country in their positions going toe-to-toe. Daniel Bannon, 10 minutes into the first half. Help me. James O'Donoghue sent from deep inside Keith Higgins' back pocket. (laughs) (laughs) Ben Murray. Unbelievable (laughs) battle between James O'Donoghue and Keith Higgins. Masterclass on both ends. What a game. Damian Mullen jumps in. What a great tussle between O'Donoghue and Higgins. The whole of Twitter was falling out over this. Keith Higgins. Versus James O'Donoghue. What a battle. Higgins with three unreal blocks and Donoghue still doing very well. Who will win? Question mark. That's about 10 minutes into the second half. Darren Mulvey is back. Actually, no, he hasn't been on already. Darren Mulvey's in this going. James O'Donoghue is going to need a flashlight to find his way out of Keith Higgins' pockets. Mayo versus Kerry. We can invite these lads to the bathroom next week. I'm telling you. James Horan says after the match that Keith Higgins got the better of James O'Donoghue. That's in the first game, the first game around when James got that late goal. So I it was know, a real... wasn't Mark game in the first day. It was it was um was a Kniff and, and Higgins doubled up on you though. I think that's what it was. Oh yeah, yeah, maybe. I think that's what it Kniff was. was um, sweeping, yeah. yeah. They went yeah. against no one can handle Jimmy. What's that? No one can handle him. <laughs> well <laughs> you, you, you came into that first game against against uh, Mayo in fourteen off the back of back to back man of the match performances against Cork and Galway and Croker. Um so you know your your form was pretty hot that that week coming into it. Just to leave it with this. Niall McNamee, all-star performance from Keith Higgins and James O'Donoghue has 2-6. What a battle. So we're going to be talking but about But I always that. say, like, the forward only needs a couple of moments, whereas yeah. the back needs 70, 75 minutes. Like, it, the, the cards are in the, for, in the forward's hands. Like. And if you can stick it out mentally to just go, right, next one, no, I'll, I'll do the right thing. I get a chance. And those games were open. Like, like Keith Higgins never sat back and started calling the wingbacks to sit in front of him or anything like that. He was too honest. He was like, I'm going to go toe to toe with this fella and beat him. That's so what like, they were like though, Jimmy, wasn't it? That's all those Mayo defenders. Keith was obviously yeah. a legend for them. But that was it. It was like they had total confidence in themselves. And, and that allowed them to play the way oh, they, they play. Yeah. Was Higgins marking you in that total performance from Paddy Andrews in the 2015 All-Ireland semi-final replay? I don't think he really was. A lot of people said this to me. It was, it was kind of, Cafferkey was on me for a bit. Mm. Oh boy, it was on for a bit. Like, I kind of floated around as well. So it wasn't, I remember reading about this and people said, oh, Paddy Andrews and Keith Higgins. Like, I wasn't really on Keith for a lot of it. There might have been certain plays, but like, remember football, even at that time, was starting to become really fluid. Like, it wasn't like the old school, you're marking him and that's it. Players were moving around the pitch. I was going out to centre forward, going out the way we kind of played. We weren't just staying rigidly in our position. So there was definitely a couple of plays where it would have been on Keith. But yeah, um, moments I suppose in games. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't like it wasn't like what a bad marketing that we would have had with James. Like the year yeah. Well, it's it's actually a year later. Shane Walsh tweets August the thirtieth, twenty fifteen, three fifty six p.m. This is the Galway footballer Shane Walsh. Paddy Andrews has clearly spent a lot of time on the dance floor. He's after leaving Keith Higgins for dead. Hashtag Paddy. 
So I have That's to go. Shane, Shane playing for Galway now. Yes, yes, yes. So That's too easy on himself. Back in back in 2015. <laughs> yeah, so like, like geez, when you when you break down Keith Higgins' his, his records, like, and the thing is, I delayed announcing Higgins because he was playing in the Christie Ring Cup final this weekend for, for Mayo. Oh, They're beating by Calera. It's, it's incredible, like, what he's done. 90 National Football League appearances, 75 in the Championship, eight Connacht titles, one National Football League. He was the captain of the under-21 team back in 2006, won the Connacht Championship and the All-Ireland. Won a Sigerson Cup with Sligo in 2005. Four All-Stars. I think he's the only Mayo player to win three in a row, uh, 12, 13, 14. Won another one in 17. Young Footballer of the Euro 6. And obviously a very talented hurler. Still hurling for Mayo. They lost at the weekend, but he's won two Nicky Racker Cups in 16 and 21, and he was named the Nicky Racker Herd of the Year in 2021. When you talk about uh, defenders needing to have, you know, a full game and be on it for the for your entire match, one of the craziest games we had in the last 20-odd years of Gaelic football was Dublin Mayo in 2006. And going by all reports and watching back the game that day, Bernard Brogan got the better of Keith Higgins for about 65, 66 minutes that day. Um, well, it was, it was Alan. Would it have been Alan in 06? It was six. Yeah, would it have been Alan? Or Alan. Bernard probably would have been. Well, it was, it was Alan, yeah. It was Alan. But in yeah. the 67th minute, that epic Kieran McDonald winner, who yeah. is it driving 60 yards at the ball? It's Keith Diggins. He realises that he's not going to score off his left foot, flicks it to Kevin O'Neill, flicks it to Kieran Mack, ball goes over the bar. So uh, he got credit that day for sticking with it, even though he got a bit of a bit of a tough day. So I can't wait you know to speak what, to Higgins. Do you know what would be an interesting chat with him is, <clears throat> we talked a lot about conditioning mm. and gym and all that. Like, Keith never struck me as a fella who was unbelievably gym-based strong. But my yeah. God, if he got his hand in, there was no shaking at all. Really? Yeah. yeah. Wiring like he's, yeah. Yeah. He yeah. was wiry in such a strong, wiry way, but he never got bulky that he lost his agility. Then, do you know, be was interesting to see what what he how he did that. Is it oh, a- he caused us a lot of trouble playing at centre forward yeah. in twenty thirteen all Ireland final, and I think they moved him for some reason. Like I think he scored two points in the first half. We were really struggling. Like we we didn't play well that day. A, a bird kind of got us out of jail with a couple of goals. But uh, I think they moved him back for some reason. I'd be interested to see what he thought about that. Like that was a uh, because he was he was a handful for us in that first half. Like Mayor on top, but yeah, he was causing havoc. Up that front. was a tactic against G for a while then because we put Paul Murphy in the forwards. Yeah. Well, why was that? What, what well, were he you forwards for his club? In fairness, and he played for Ratmore yeah. centre forward, but and he was brilliant. So he played a year up there. I suppose right. you can get back, vacate the eleven spot to be running into. But I always think if you have an 11 that the opposition have to mark, yeah, then you have a hole in the middle of your, of your defence. You have to fill it with someone else. And then that man out the field is free. Yeah. Other than if you sacrifice your, your 11, I think nowadays it doesn't work as well. I don't know why it just didn't work to treat back then. I'm not, Jimmy. That's going to be interesting next week in Leicester final because Baba mm. Corbuck. Is needs to be picked up. Yes. And lots of teams against Dublin have dropped forwards back that kind of help their defence. And that allows Akito Sullivan or Johnny Cooper or Brian Howard last week to sit free. That plays in the Dublin's hands. So Claire won't allow that to happen next week. Someone is going to have to man Mark Ben McCormick, probably John Small. Um, and it'll be interesting to see how that affects that defensive structure. Look, we'll talk about that. But uh, definitely. But if yeah. that was Dublin a couple of years ago, they'd take Ben McCormick for a run. Yeah. Yeah. it'd be interesting now to see if they attack him that way like put yeah. someone on him take him up the field 
But I tell you what, Jackson, and then switch the man on him, bring he, him up the field again. He was, he was very impressive last week, even against Westmead. He got two or three turnovers back in his own half as well. So he can do that sort of things as yes, well. He can, he can. He was, uh, he was the standout player last week. So Kildare be looking for a big game of him next week. But it'll be interesting to see that dynamic. Who picks him up at Dublin? What's Kildare's plan to try and disrupt that defensive shape that Dublin have? So. Um, yeah, I, I just remember talking about Keith. He caused a serious trouble that day back yeah. in nine, nine years ago now. Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> He'd be a good guest. He'll be well played. He will. He'll be great. He'll be great crack. And um, I'm sure you have a little bit of backup from a, a Mayo colleague on the night as well. And all the Mayo oh. fans in Castle Bar will obviously be cheering him on. So can't wait for that. One of the interesting things as well about Higgins is he credits Andy Moran for his Mayo career in a lot of ways. Because when they're in college together in Sligo, Andy was the one plaguing him to come down the road for training. And Higgins had no interest in it. He didn't want to wanted to stay up in Sligo, and he was dragged down. He ended up becoming crack was 21. nineteen Sligo. Must have been. So we'll we, we have a bit of crack about that in the night as well, and figure out what exactly happened. So, um, that's that. So we're really excited. That's June second, Castle Bar. Nice one. Ticketmaster for tickets or the uh, otbsports.com forward slash events. So. We are going to be talking about the four provincial finals this weekend, as the lads mentioned. There's also seven Talchin Cup games that we're going to get predictions off you for. Um, what else? Ooh, the qualifier draw was made. We're going to get stuck into that in a moment. But first, first, I want to talk about the Talchin Cup, which launched this weekend. We had two games. We had Wicklow 316, Waterford 110. Hard luck, James. You tried to back your fellow monster men. Just didn't happen for them. I feel like me and Paddy talked you into that one last week. Um, it was two early goals in the second half from Kevin Quinn, who finished up at 2-1, and Owen Darcy. That kind of drove Wicklow along. Former Dublin panellist, an old teammate of yours, Paddy, Nicky Devereaux, was starting for Wicklow. Oh, yeah. Weekend. yeah, so he... Did, would Nicky have won in All-Ireland? Like, he was, he was yeah, an All-Ireland I, under I think All-Ireland he, winner. Uh, he would have been on the panel. I think he's a couple of All-Irelands. He was on the yeah. panel. With Gilroy, and also Gavin in 14. With Pat and then in James... And he played. I, he, he would have been playing that day against Tony Gall in 2014. Okay. Yeah. So now Nicky would have a couple of All-Irelands, all right. Balotier was his club. Mm. Uh, so. I think his dad is uh, Wicklow native and his brother obviously played with him as well. But what he was a wing back, really. He was in the mould of a... Yeah, lightning fast. Lightning, okay. Relentlessly fast. Run and after him a couple of times. But uh, no, he, he would have had a good career with Dublin, yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. Um You'd wonder would that ever catch on enough? Obviously, Connor Cox went from Kerry to Roscommon. There's a couple of players all around the country yeah. playing with different counties, but uh, clearly there's a uh, plenty of dubs in the background that could easily play in, in different counties. Yeah. You know, it's it's never there's never really been a huge amount of transfers, but like there's there's little ones dotted around the country. There's James, three there's three Temple No fellas in Kerry playing yes. in different counties. That's crazy. Yeah, for tip, they're playing for different counties. Playing for Tip, Sligo, Ted, Teddy Doyle with Tip, yeah. Spillane um, Jr. with Sligo. Yeah. He's yeah, too. And there's another one. Well, you've obviously got the Kerry boys. The Kerry boys. I think there's one Morley. more. Morley. Morley. Is Adrian Spillane kidding us? Are they both? Yeah. They're all, they're all Temple Nile. I think it's all five. Yeah. So, yeah, that's... And that's Gavin it. Crowley. So, they've Gavin Crowley, Tyg Morley, Adrian Spillane, Killian Spillane. And then Teddy Doyle and Spillane. I think there's another one. They've, they have seven inter-county fellas. It's outrageous. <laughs> That's unbelievable. And they were they were junior All-Ireland champions in 16, wasn't it? Yeah. So the other big game, Wexford had beaten them in the Leinster Championship. But today, Offaly went down to Enniscorty and they won by 3-11 to 2-13. They held off Wexford. Wexford the win later on. They were pushing for an equaliser, just didn't get enough. It was a tight first half. Lee Pearson, 
an under 20 All-Ireland winner, probably the first crop from off these under 20 All-Ireland winners to properly start for them, a wing back. Really, started cornerback today. He had a big impact. He cleared a goal chance off the line in the first half, scored a really good goal in the start of the second half, put off into the perfect position. Wexford dragged them back into it. But Niall McNamee ends up a 1-5. You know, he, he had a big impact. He may not have had a sharpest day, but he had a big impact. That's all that matters. Scored 1-5, buries a brilliant goal with about 15 minutes to go. Niall McNamee made his debut, lads, back in 2003 for Offaly when he was 17 years old. 2003. Oh my God. Outrageous. Like he's 36 years old now and he's still doing it. Do you feel any bit like two boys in their early 30s that could, I get, could we just have hung on a little bit more? No. Would you? No. <laughs> <laughs> Max, don't. Absolutely not. Uh, no, he, look, he's incredible. We spoke about him before on this part. Uh, two for two for predictions, by the way, for us. Yes. We'll start to our Talchin Cup. I expected Affley to win um, just because of that. Like Shane Roach has done a, done a good job at Wexford, but I expected Affley to come through that one and get a bit of a bounce in the Talchin Cup because of players like Mackley. If you have guys that can put the ball over the bar, you have a chance. And he is one of the best in the business. He's been doing it, like I say, for nearly 20 years. Um, just that bit of class, and it makes such a difference. Um, and they're always going to have a chance. They'd be dangerous in the Talented Cup. That's why I was interested to see. I know we, we looked at Twas and Shay's comments that maybe awfully weren't overly enamored with the competition, but that's a good start for them. They play Wicklow now next week. They could do damage in the Talented Cup. And if they are going to do it, it'd be players like McNamee. He's so important for them, not just for his scoring exploits, but like for a lot of that under 20 team to come through. He's a figurehead for Offaly GAA. He's kind of set the standards going, look, this is what it's all about. So he'll have a massive influence in the dressing room as well. But to be still kicking scores on the pitch like he is, um, it's just top class. Credit where it's due. James, you don't qualify for any other counties, do you? I'll check it out now. It might go to London or New York, right? Yeah. <laughs> New York would be nice though, yeah. yeah. On the yeah. day, when you see the games, like you do be like, oh, I wish I was still involved. When I was up in Park Arena now the last day and the pitch was... Oh, it was unbelievable. And it was it was so intimate in terms of the, the crowd and everything. Mm. It was a case of oh, I do miss it. But I suppose there is there's so much to it. Like that that hour and a half is a tiny piece of the year. Do you know what I mean? That's so much effort for that. Like but yeah. pa- Paddy, I've sat beside you for quite a few games in the last 18 months since you've been retired. I've never got the sense that you've wanted to be back out there. No. Because <laughs> I don't. <laughs> I you do. Is it, what is it? Is it, is, it, is it the sheer physical? No, I, no, I just, I, I did it. I did yeah. it for long enough. Like for I remember, 13 years at Dublin, Jesus. 17 or 18 playing senior with the club. Um, I don't have the hunger for it. You know, maybe that's, I remember talking to Andy about this as well. Andy obviously played quite late. Uh, he hung on for, for a long time and, they were kind of chasing all Ireland and stuff. And I was very fortunate to be part of a team that we had success. So it wasn't sitting around going, just I need to go back for one more year to win another All Ireland. Like I was very privileged to be part of that team that we we had and we won a lot of a lot of medals and a lot of trophies. So there was no external motivation for me to hang on, and then internally as well. I was just like James is right. Yeah, it's it's you'd go with the Crow Park and you'd love to kick a few scores and that, but there's about nine months of work that goes in behind that. Um, and I had done that and I was ready to go and also a little bit as well like you know you're finished as well 
Like, like if I had said I wanted to go back, I'd say Desi put a pull me aside and tell me to piss off as well. So, you know, there's a time when you're not good enough anymore as well. And I would have felt that towards the end of my last season as well. So okay. I definitely, definitely, definitely do not miss it. I enjoy watching it uh, and supporting the lads, but God, it's, no. It's good. It drag me onto a pitch. It's good to have peace with it. That's that's a really good thing yeah. as well. It'd be worse if you were sitting here going, oh, I'd way rather be out there. And James, I'm not surprised that you you feel a, felt a bit of that that night down in Parky Rain, but I presume yeah. that's something that might dissipate a little bit as the months go on. Surely. But you know, it's just as important of, of like being involved. You have to walk away at the right time. Like if you go, if you hang on too late, it actually, it kind of makes you think about the whole, your whole career negatively. If you go, if you yeah. go too long, do you know, you have to go like, if you can get that sweet spot, it just makes it way better. Do you know? Like, I think I think it'll be one question we'll be asking Keith Higgins on the night on June 2nd in Castlebar as well because a lot of people feel like Higgins could have got minutes that night in 2020 in December when Dublin bit Mayo in that All-Ireland final and he's still obviously yeah. you know putting it I in for Mayo putting on the Mayo jersey yeah so look at it into that night as well with McNamee like he has something he has something a goal like he has a target and like the feel good factor on Offaly hurling and football at the moment like yeah. everyone wants to be a part of that like what Michael Dagnan's done up there is unbelievable. Like he's got this wave of enthusiasm. So no one wants to walk away from that setup. No. You know, so no. like I think if they could win that Telton Cup, it would be unbelievable for them. They just need, they need to just check off a couple of victories, a couple of trophies to really ignite the whole thing. Yeah. And they're doing a great job already, to be fair. Right. We've buried the lead. The qualifier draw. Let's get into it. Probably did hate Mayo, or we thought it was hate at the time because these guys are trying to take away our dreams. The Football Pod live Thursday, June second in Castle Bar. Check out otbsports.com forward slash events and get your tickets now. For any of our YouTube viewers, you'll have copped it fairly quickly. That yeah, okay, we we have edited it here. I tried to tell the lads to wear the same clothes. Paddy's in a suit. I'm obviously <laughs> looking like I didn't sleep at all. We recorded ninety percent of the podcast about. 18 hours ago 12 hours ago we'll say at uh, Sunday night but the qualifier draw has just been made and we had guessed that we were going to need to hop on to have a bit of a chat and a reaction to it James you're about to hop on a flight shortly are you? Sure I am Kerry to Alicante Kerry to Alicante <laughs> you have a lovely little week before you're back before the weekend with all the provincial finals you're getting I just nice put on my first layer of bronzer there oh fair play boy I noticed you look different Jimmy yeah. I'd say you'll tan well <laughs> No, okay, the qualifier draw. I'm sure you've all heard it because it's brilliant. First team out of the hat, Mayo. They're playing Monaghan. It's in Castlebar. You've no excuse not to be at the show, Monaghan people, on Thursday night. We will see you there. A couple of tickets left. I put the tweet out, but we have announced Keith Higgins, so I'd say they could be snapped up fairly quickly. Armagh versus Tyrone in the Athletic Grounds. Saucy. Cork versus Loud in Parky Cueve, if Ed Sheeran allows it. <laughs> and the tie of the round. Claire versus Mead. Who are you going for there? I have my half and half jersey. I'm going to oh, <laughs> imagine. Yeah. imagine. Um, Jesus, it's a, it's a good draw. Couldn't got much better. Yeah, well, look, like, you knew the teams in it. You expected at least one blockbuster game. We probably got two, really. Armagh, Tyrone. We'll probably grab most of the headlines back from their, their National League fixture back in yeah. February in the, in the Athletic Rounds, which was... Um, Remember, for probably all the wrong reasons at the end of that, that's a massive, massive game for both of those teams. They, 
Tyrone were coming off, obviously, winning the All-Ireland last year. It was going to be a big ask to see how they could back that up. Armagh had a really impressive start to the league campaign. There's no doubt their season's kind of petered out a bit. And one of those teams, whoever loses that, that is a bad season. Yeah. Whoever wins it mm. kind of catapults them right back into the mix into the All-Ireland series. For Mayo, I think Mayo would have taken anyone once it was in Castlebar. They'd have fancied anyone, really. If they got a home draw... Um, that would be a, a tricky, tricky game because Monaghan, Monaghan would be kicking themselves losing to Derry and had opportunities to win that game. But I think Mayo have had time to get back on the horse after that Galway game. And you expect a massive performance. I'd say that would probably be a Saturday night, I'd imagine, in Castlebar. And it would be a full house, a big week in Castlebar that week. So um, I think they're, they're the two standout games, obviously. But uh, yeah, a pretty tasty draw. I think that's a great shout. Underlights. Saturday night or even oh, close to it. Now it wouldn't be under lights, it wouldn't be under lights, but Saturday evening in Castle Bar, dust coming in. I think that's a great shot. It is. If you look at all those games, right? Every single team thinks they can win their game. Yeah. Like there's yeah. no there's no one that's going, Oh, we got an awful draw there. Like obviously our man Tyrone, if you asked either team before the draw, you'd say we don't want that game. Yeah. But they're still thinking we can win this and ignite our year. So it's a tough one. Cork and Load, Cork are going to be under savage pressure there. They need to win that game. Clare and Meath is a toss of a kind at the moment. Um, both sides are kind of evenly matched. And Mayo Monaghan, the interesting thing about Mayo is what they've done with their time. Have they, have they improved over the couple of weeks they've had off? And will they, will they be able to match Monaghan who've had less time to kind of relax? Yeah, so... And also, like, games, to be fair. Because of the nature of the qualifiers this year, you're going to end up playing the loser of a provincial final in the next round there yeah. is no gimmies here there's no you know finding your form finding your feet getting through it this is the only kind of game you want if you're a Mayo fan and a Mayo player I think you need to see can you beat Monaghan and if you do you're back in the mix yes but like there if you if you go by our predictions for the the <laughs> provincials like you, you shouldn't go on our predictions yeah you shouldn't <laughs> but you probably have you fancy your chances in the if you come through this round to beat one of those provincial losers. Um, so it's a huge character. That's the, the big thing, Jim. When you hit the nail on the head there, like, like Tyrone and Armagh is an interesting one because, look, ideal scenario, would they have wanted that game? There was easier ties to be had for both of those teams. But winning a game like that, that can put Tyrone, that can give momentum. That can give yeah. real... <sighs> Buzz back to a season because both of those teams are so flat after their exits from the Ulster Championship and they would have been feeling very, very sorry for themselves and if they got, say, look, notice, like a loud or a mead at home, does that really tell them anything about themselves? Mm. Does that really give them the kick that they need? But for one of them, they're going to be out in the first week of June and that's going to be a hard one to take but if you come through that game, particularly that game, I think it's a massive kick uh, for whoever does come out of it. It's a hard one to call. It's a hard. I know Armagh won the league game convincingly. Well, Tyrone were, were very patchy, but you'd have to think Tyrone, like to be still the All Ireland champions, there has to be some sort of kick. Yeah. Out of the diabolical display against Derry. So, I'll, look, lads, it's they're class ties. It's it's beautiful. Um, I I think it's Rory Cushnan tweeted me this morning or Cushenhan well, seen the throne draw coming I wonder when the last time Throne lost twice in the athletic grounds in one year and he, he tagged in the GA stats account 
Jace that's got back and said they've never Armad never beaten them twice in the one year so you know I wouldn't be reading a whole pile into that I think it's going to go down to the wire I think that as you said James every other team is going to fancy their chances against each other Mead have a freakishly good record against Clare and I think I've just jinxed it right there because Clare who won that league game Tommy Mead won, 10, oh, Mead won 10 Mead won 10-9 it, it was a oh, drab enough drab enough affair but was that on in Ennis it was in Ennis yeah but Mead have, a, Mead have a freakishly good record against Clare over the last they've had the hex on Clare over the last uh, the last little while so we just it all depends it. on what teams have done with their time like if they've if they've dropped ahead or been disappointed with going out that's going to do you no favours mm. you know if they got back on the horse and prepared for this and they're buzzing going into the weekend then they're well set whereas if the draws kind of come at them yeah. and they have a week now to, to gather the, the troops it's not going to be enough they're huge games like they're so 50-50 oh, lads I'm expecting Claire to win that one at the Jordan moment, Morris, Jordan Morris is going to be missing for me as well. Yeah, they were like I said, there was not one positive you could have taken from their, their performance against Dublin. And uh, Clare have had time, they would have been absolutely right to lose it on penalties to, to, to Limerick. Um, I, I, I just think I, I, I back Clare to win that one. The fact that I, I've seen Ennis as well, yeah, I haven't seen odds yet, but I wouldn't be surprised if it's uh, if it's going to be very, very close. I know you're saying there was no positives for me, but that's a that's a good chance. It's a 50-50 game. They haven't drawn last year. It's, it's, it's a good draw for me. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it could have been a hell of a lot worse. So, so they'll take so. it. But, so, yeah. yeah. Castle feels very, very real, lads. We just announced Keith Higgins. They've got Monaghan coming to town on the Saturday night, as Paddy said. Thursday, June 2nd, the Royal TF Theatre. We will see you all there. James O'Donoghue, enjoy Alicante. It's going to sound a little bit strange here on the football pod because it's going to sound like we're leaving you, but we're not. We're going to come back with the rest of our preview of next year's provincial finals. You'll be back with Paddy Andrews and James O'Donoghue on episode 18 of the Football Pod right after these. It is, of course, brought to you by AIB, proud sponsors of the GA Senior Football Championship. Check out hashtag the toughest for more. Lads, I'll speak to you in about 15 seconds. <laughs> Magic. You are very welcome back to episode 18 of the Football Pod with Paddy Andrews and James O'Donoghue. Lads, we have got a feast of football on next weekend. The Champions League, I'm only joking. We have got four <laughs> provincial finals and we've got seven games in the Talchin Cup. The hurling is taken. So, let's start in Pierce Stadium, 1.45pm Sunday. There hasn't been very much talk about Roscommon on this podcast. Mm. And whenever there has been talk about Roscommon, <laughs> Paddy Andrews has been very quick to... <laughs> The West Brom, the baggies of GA, I think is the, the one that I've had thrown back at me by Roscommon people I've met uh, out and about. They're not too happy with that, but I think they'll, they'll get on with it. Can the Rossies shut down Galway's key men, Paddy? I think they have a great chance of winning this game. They're, they are, look, I know we could have laughed, but they, they are under the radar. Galway's win against Mayo was like a big statement win for them. There's talk of Galway winning Connick Championships, trying to compete for all Ireland's of the power of choice. And Ross Cabot have just steadily gone under the radar. They beat Galway twice in the league, albeit look, one of the games was a bit of a dead rubber. They're back into Division 1. And I've always said, if this is an open, if this is like the league final, and Galway go toe-to-toe with Ross Cabot, I think Ross Cabot will win the game. I think that the, the Murtas, uh, Downey Smith, Emma Smith, the guys that will score, that will hurt Galway. If it's an open, free-flowing game, I think Galway Roscommon will win the game. If Galway get that defensive system right, like they did against Mayo, that edge in their play, that defensive organisation, that structure that they have, they can shut down Roscommon and win the game. 
And that's I expect them to play in a similar fashion to how they lined out against Mayo. I think they'll get bodies back behind the ball and they'll try and break at speed using Cobra and Walsh um, to get scores. If they do that and they do it right, Galway will win the game. But if they go toe-to-toe and they say, listen, we're going to take you on the shootout, I think they're asking for trouble and the Rossies could nick it then. Do you think the Rossies have enough shooters in their arsenal? <laughs> yes, that is the one thing Roscommon are not lacking. The issue with Roscommon, we feel, is that similar to Galway, like at Christmas we've had a Galway, that, that, there's no real edge to Roscommon. They, they don't shut teams down. They're, they're easy to play against. If you're playing Roscommon, you know you'll be in for a, a good game of football. It'd be great to watch, but they don't have that edge. They don't have that organisation at the back, I feel, to shut down teams. Um, and you've, they, felt, they, you've felt that for a decade, Paddy. How, how has that not changed? And I know it hasn't changed because I know people in Roscommon and it just hasn't. I, I mean, it hasn't. I, I'm looking at them through the National League as well and it hasn't changed. I haven't seen anything from Anthony Cunningham to, to suggest that, like what we asked Galway to do against Mayo, with Keane O'Neill and Paul Joyce and his management team to, to set up Galway to be dogged, to be hard to play against, to shut down an opposition. And Galway did it. We didn't know if they had it in their locker, but they did it against Mayo. Um, whereas Ross Common, I haven't seen anything like that from them. It looks like if it's a nice game of football, Ross Common are dangerous. But the guys that can score, but I think defensively is the issue they've had, that they're just too easy to play against. Yeah. The, the one thing I have seen this year to, to credit a change that Anthony Cunningham has made is he's settled with a midfield of Ulton Herney and Eddie Nolan, which has allowed the likes of Enda Smith to play further forward. Yeah, instead of being in midfield and trying to do everything and also allow players like Niall Daly to play further back into a more natural position in the half-back line. And I think Roscommon getting their best players in the best positions is probably very, very important for them to maybe yeah. eke another couple of percentages out. In their win against Roscommon, Donny Smith was kept relatively quiet. Connor Cox kicked six points. Enda Smith and Kieran Murtha kicked four apiece. Kim McKeown didn't kick uh, a score. Carl Heenahan didn't score either. Um and that's kind of how their scores are spread around. They got a couple of points off the bench then. Connor Daly, Dierman Murta, uh, Niall Kilroy, um, Andrew Glennon getting a point as well. So when you were looking at that, when I was looking at that, I was wondering maybe like, maybe they aren't getting enough of a tune out of their attack as well. But then when you look at that league final, and I don't know, that league final was such a freak, it felt. <laughs> Galway. Like it, was, it wasn't a freak. That, that, is, that was a classic Galway and Ross Calvin match. Loads of great scores, guys kicking spinners, and it was great to watch. But if you're looking, or can either of these teams win an All Ireland? No chance. That's really? so. It was a typical Galway Ross Collins game. What we'll see next Sunday is you're looking can Galway kick on and use that defensive solidity that they used against Mayo? Can they go out and put a statement out, beat Ross Collins, win the Collins Championship, and then be serious contenders for All Ireland? Or can Ross Collins pull something out of the bag that we haven't seen from before? Like, it won't be a massive shock if Roscommon win this game. No, it won't, no. Not at all. But if it's just a free-flowing, lovely game of football down in Pierce Stadium, Roscommon could win it, but neither of those teams will have any say in the all Are you expecting that, James? Are you expecting a free-flowing game of football here? No, definitely not. What do you want to see? Well, that's not, not necessarily what I want to see, but like, <laughs> if you think about how both sides are viewed in the country, right? Roscommon have beaten Galway, you could argue they've been slightly better throughout the year, right? But yet they're not seen as anywhere next or near our learning contenders, but we're saying that Galway could sneak in 
and have a cut off someone and maybe win it if they improve. So like it's hard to kind of get a, a full evaluation on both teams because we do seem to have a bit of a soft spot for Galway and kind of an expectation that they can go to a higher level. But will will Ross Common rise again? Like I think that if you break both sides down, both defenses aren't probably as set up as they could be. So do Ross Common have the man markers for Shane watching Comer? And do Galway have the man markers to stop the Smiths, the Coxes of this world? Like both sides are going to have to get bodies behind the uh, bodies behind the ball because I don't think they have those markers. So it could be a very, very slow paced game. I don't think it's going to be that nice game of football, Paddy, that you were saying. I think it is going to be yeah. slow paced. I, I, I hope it's not. For, for both of these teams to be serious about progression, it can't be like that. And, and if we're sitting here now, what we've seen this season to date, neither of these teams are genuine All-Ireland contenders. But we go out and, and see them next Sunday in Pierce Stadium. And Galway have an edge about them. They set up defensively. They hit uh, Roscommon on the break. That's a style of play that could, Galway could do damage. And the same with Roscommon. If Roscommon show us something that they haven't shown us to date, and all of a sudden, geez, they're dogging at the back and they're shutting down Galway. And then they attack a pace. And they get the ball up to the likes of Cox and Merton, these guys, they can score. Then Ross Common are a serious team, mm. but I haven't seen it from them yet. Yeah. And if we're, if we're going to now preview this game, what we've seen today from both those teams, I don't see them as all Ireland contenders, either of them. Mm. And it's, it, James is right. It's around that. If you're going in and serious about winning all Ireland's, you need defenders who can shut down the best players in the country. You need to be able to deal with Kerry. You need to be able to deal with Dublin. You need to be able to deal with the top, top forwards. And I don't think either of these, these teams have the, the guys to do that. So they need a system and a structure to help them do that. We see the glimpse of Magali in the win over Mayo, and that was the impressive piece about them. But let's see how they line out next week. And let's see who lost Common. They could nearly take a leaf out of Galway's book and adopt that style of play. I've never seen them do it. Yeah. So that's what they're going to need to do, I feel, if they're going to be serious with winning the Connacht Championship and having a say in the All-Ireland Series. As Paddy mentioned there, it was the grit, James, that we were more impressed with in that Mayo game. There's always players with the, the kind of individual star quality, the Walsh, Comer, Conroy. Do you think they're going to carry them over the line in this Connacht final? I think it'll be very close. I think that it could be a point or two either way. Okay. Like if you read two... Last of it's Jimmy. Who's going to win this game? Give it to me. We'll get, no, no, we'll get our predictions later. I think, I think we'll, we'll, we'll save I the think predictions that, for later. You don't have to give <laughs> a name yet. I know they played a few, um, a few challenge matches and apparently are motoring very well. Um, so like, I don't know what goal we have done since the Mayo game. Jimmy's sources. Jimmy's sources. Jimmy knows. Jimmy knows. So I... If Ross Common have put enough work in, I think they can rattle Galway big style. Mm. Um, but it will come down to keeping the big fellas quiet. We always say, if you mark Shane Walsh, mark Comer, stop Conroy kicking points, yeah. you have a chance. But I wouldn't read into those league finals at all. Yeah. If you saw the Kerry Mayo game, you could scratch that off. Yeah. Galway, Ross Common was a lovely game. You can scratch that off. This is going to be a manic game. It might be slow paced, but it's going to be so physical. And yeah. I think that Ross Common have... The little bit of a mental edge because I think that Roscommon see this as a bigger prize than Galway. I think that Galway have kind of an eye on going further, whereas I think that Roscommon, the, the two things they could win this year are the league, which they've won, and the Connacht, which is up for grabs. 
Yeah. I think that they'll, they'll go all out to win this game. I'm pretty sure that any time in the last seven years that was common have won the Division 2 league, they've also won. Well, the Connacht. I think so. I think that they've been aligned with each other. Or else they've been relegated and won in the same year. I'll have to double check that one. Right, let's, before we, we'll come back for the predictions later on. Let's move on to the Leinster final, Saturday evening, five o'clock, Kildare against Dublin. Last week, Desi Farrell said, Davy Byrne has a knee injury, so he's rehabbing at the minute. We're hopeful and optimistic. We've picked up a couple of injuries throughout the year, and at this stage, you throw everything at it to ensure you have an injury-free list and as many players available to you as possible. We'd be working hard with Davy and with a couple of others that we had today as well to get them back into the fray. So in the last couple of weeks, a lot of Dublin's injuries had cleared up. You've, we've started to see starting 15s in the championship that are putting a bit of fear into other counties probably looking on, do you know? Um, definitely they've had 11-12 of their best possible 15 playing in the last couple of games. Their starting back six against Mead was Comerford and Golds, which is very important. Uh, Merchant cornerback, Fitzsimons fullback, Lee Gannon cornerback. Howard played six, didn't he? With small... Yeah. Small man, Mark and Killian O'Sullivan and James McCarthy wing back as well. So that yeah. was starting six. Johnny Cooper was on the bench and came in with about minutes 49, 49 minutes on the clock. So yeah. we got about 20, 25 minutes. So we look at that Dublin defence. Do you expect any changes to that back six? I I don't think so. You think they'll set up with Coward at six and, and Small? Uh, I think Small has got to work uh, McCormick. And okay. Yeah, I think that'd be a very good battle. Uh, I think Fitzsimons has got to pick up Daniel Flynn. Okay. I think Merchant is made to work Jimmy Highland. Um, and that leaves Lee Gannon uh, on Kerwin in the other corner. So Kerwin, uh, uh, 11 shots the last day. That if, if there was a change, potentially, it could be Johnny Cooper starting instead of Lee Gannon. Uh, Lee Gannon didn't do a whole lot wrong though so and would that be to combat like Kerwin's a big enough Gosson do you know would that be to combat yeah. the kind of size difference there uh, but look, look Lee Gannon is a physical he's relatively inexperienced at this level but he's a physical player um, so if there was a change potentially that might be it but I wouldn't be surprised if it was pretty much the, the same 15 for Dublin starting so, the next the big thing is ever come for getting get back in goal yeah. and goal kickouts because they're going to put pressure on those kickouts um, and Evan is he's very very important that that he was back uh, the last day so no I, I think that'll be the matchups for Dublin um, are we expecting McCarthy to pick up Paul Cribben yeah yeah so and they have to be in the middle of the field with Brightfield yes and I, I, I imagine Kildare when you're saying they're going to put pressure on the coming for, for the kickouts Kildare won't be afraid to compete when the ball goes long either, will they? No, no, they feel you out there, cribbing around the middle as well. Like so. Callahan, Flynn, big men out yeah, there yeah. as well, yeah. Um, Look, but there's a mentality to me as well with Kildare this year. We see, we see it in Newbridge, we see even Glenn Ryan's comments after the last day. They are coming in, they fancy this game. Yeah. Not like last year's Leicester final where there was just a total sense. This sense of the the... It was like literally, let's just manage this game. Let's not get a hide. There was no energy around Kildare, there was no buzz around it. Very different this season. Very, very different. They fancy this game. So they'll push up. They'll be aggressive on kickouts. Like I say, they'll have Feely on Fenton. Kildare won't take a backward step next week. Definitely not. Kildare started their front six last year, um, James. They started Ben McCormick, Conway, and Flynn in the half forward line, Neil Flynn, Daniel Flynn, and Jimmy Highland up front. And they had, I think they had David Highland playing as a sweeper with. They named an extra defender anyway in their half forward line. 
and dropped him back. Do you think they'll do that again? Alex Burns started against Westmead. They obviously conceded quite a bit. We mentioned earlier on about Higgins playing that uh, defensive role from 11. Paul Murphy doing it for you guys back about seven, eight years ago up against Dublin. Are you expecting Kildare to do that again? Or are they going to go, are they going to go no. man for man? Like, you know, Howard, we're, we're looking at there. Brian Howard's a free man. What do you think they'll do? Alex Byrne might start again or a, a forward I, of some sort? Again, that Westmead game was played at training pace. Mm. Like, so if, if Kildare want to fix that, they just have to look inside their minds. You know, they can fix that by talking about it. I don't think they need to put in a defender. Okay. They're actually drawing pressure on yourself from Dublin by doing that. I think the way to beat Dublin is to go toe-to-toe with them. And it has to be early on. If Kildare sit and wait for this game to come to them, Dublin will run out the gate in the first half. Like, they have to play the game when it's at its most intense. First 20 minutes, lay down the marker there and then. It doesn't have to be 10-all. It can be 2-all. But, like, that's when they have to play the game at the highest intensity. Yeah. That's when they can shake them. Because in the second half, when the intensity dies a bit and they're still in the game, they have brilliant forwards. Like they do. Those forwards are made for this. And I don't think Dublin's man for man. If I was Dublin, I'd be playing Cooper because I just think he's a brilliant player. But I don't know. Are Dublin's backs going to keep Kildare quiet for the whole game? So if Kildare can just hang in there in the first half and when the intensity comes comes down a small bit, kick their score second half, I think they have a great chance. That's that's the big question though, isn't it? It's... the issues Dublin had in the National League, and there was there was plenty of them, but, but one of the main ones was that defensive shape that they were they were being played through. It's conceded eleven goals in the National League. They've improved from that. They haven't really been tested. They weren't tested against Wexford. They definitely weren't tested against Mead. This will be a big challenge. Kildare have forwards who can hurt lots of teams, and they'll be targeted. I said with the other end of the pitch, I don't think Kildare's Kildare had the backs to deal with probably no. the full flow. Um, but the game will be won and lost if if Cooper does start and brings that kind of experience that that defensive just nous that he has, and they shut down the Kildare forwards. Now Dublin will win this game convincingly, but that's the big question, and it's a big test for that Dublin defence how they deal with because Kildare are dangerous forwards, really really quality players. Daniel Flynn didn't seem right in that game last year either, but there's a moment where he brushes off Mick Fitz. I think he goes past Johnny Cooper on the inside his shoulder and buries into the back of the net. I don't think we've seen moments like that from Daniel Flynn this year. We've seen a a little bit more more of a rounded performances from him and he's been very impressive, I felt. Do you think he needs to do a bit more of the same, Paddy, in this this Leinster final? Or... Like, it's it's similar, like, with Shane Walsh with Galway as well. Flynn is like, he is a phenomenal athlete and he has massive talent and he has moments in games um, like that last year that goal last year was just out of that entire game it was just a moment of magic but there wasn't a whole lot else from Daniel Flynn in the game and what Kildare are looking for from him he is probably their most talented player it's can he give a 75 minute performance like impact in the game we know he can do the spectacular things we absolutely know he can do that but it's can he win balls? Can he pop them off? Can he influence the game for the entire match? I thought he, and he, and he did that against Westmead. There was bits of play that they weren't outstanding. They weren't highlight reels, but they were yes. bringing players in. He drags defenders to him. Dublin will have to, like I say, I think for Simons will pick him up. That's Dublin's best man marker dealing with him. 
if he can break other guys into like he, for Jimmy Hyland's goal the last day, that's Daniel Flynn. He carries it through, squares the ball across for Jimmy Hyland, pabs it to an empty net. They're, they're the type of things you're looking for from Daniel Flynn. A consistent performance across the entire game. Um, and look, look, if Kildare are going to do anything, if Kildare are going to win this game, he has to have a massive impact. If he's taken out of the game, if he's shut down by Dublin, Kildare are going to win this match. He's that important to him. So he got three points that day in, in Newbridge in their win, some big scores. Um, and Kildare, he's going to be, they'll be looking to him to lead the fight next week. Sorry for the noise there. I was just grabbing my match program from the Leinster final last year. James, there was a spell in that uh, Leinster final last year where Dublin had a couple of wides, Kilkenny had a couple of misses, Small had a couple of misses, and the game was still quite early on. Kildare kept the ball quite well for about seven, eight minutes. They missed eight shots in that spell. They dropped five short and hit three wide. And Ben McCormick kicked forward and wide. Yeah. Kicked forward, missed forward them. McCormick's coming into this with a bit of form. Is that in Ben McCormick's head coming into this game? That when push came to shove last year in Crow Park, I didn't name my chances? Or like, how, what sort of a mentality do you have? I think it's definitely not in his head. But sometimes when you lose a match, right? You can, you can overanalyze it. You can say, we need to do this. We need to do that. Sometimes you have to just say, I kick four whites. And if I didn't kick those four whites, we'd have been way more in the game. So you can completely overanalyze. So McCormick's obviously gone away and his scoring rate this year has improved. Like he mm-hmm. got five, got five the last day. Like <laughs> Cribbin got one. You'd be hoping Cribbin can, can, can chip in with two or three. Yeah. Um, those fellas are accurate kickers. Then if you get Carwin has improves his rate from the last day. If he looked at himself the last day at the Westmead game, he can improve his efficiency. Definitely. There's always a goal in Flynn and Highland and Merchant. I think that's not a bad matchup for Highland. I think he might have he might have a chance to to get. I like that. I like Merchant for that one. It'd be interesting. It'd be interesting to see. It will. It depends where the ball is coming from. Like if if Kildare are able to sustain the ball in Dublin's half and get and get Highland on kind of 20, 30 yard passes, I think he can cause trouble because he's strong. He's a good push off and he can win it out in front. But if they're if they're trying to get the ball in from too deep, I, I can't see it sticking then, do you know? Um but I think the, the Kildare have scores in them. That's the interesting thing. Everyone else in Leinster, you just be saying Dublin are just have too much scoring power. But I think the Kildare have improved that area. I think that's fair. I think that's, and I think it's going to be an exciting game. The, the spread is six points. Um, yeah, I don't I know if you think that's there plus six. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think we're going to win, though, lads. I have to say. It's it's Kildare's all in final as well. Same as yeah. West Carmen. Like Dublin are are thinking about a step and a process to getting their Ireland status back. This is the time to catch them. Just when they think. Yes, we're back. No, we played two good games in a row. This is when Kildare should be coming in and going. Here's your wake up. Do you know? I'll I'll struggle to back against Dublin this weekend, but I think the seven or eight minutes that you guys had last week, where you spoke about the shooting efficiency and um, the chances that were missed by Mead, especially in the first half, and it led to a bit of panic seeping in. Mead did get goal chances. They got two very good goal chances. chances, A lot of poor wides. I just think if Kildare can click up front and if, as James said, they go at it, they go at Dublin in the first 10 minutes and we experience the noise in Newbridge, I know it's different, but Kildare will bring a good crowd with them to Crow Park. If they can yeah. get the fans with them, 
in the first 10, 15 minutes, it is going to be spicy. I bet you there'll be there'll be a fight early, guaranteed. Yeah, I'd say well, so. There's no point getting two lads sent off in the last five minutes. True. Sunday, finally end of the weekend in the provincial finals is going to be the Ulster final, which may well be the game of the weekend. It's Derry Donegal. It's in Clonus. Sean Hurston is the referee. Um, Declan Bonner reckons, speaking during the week, that the game isn't going to be decided until the final sprint. Paddy McBurty obviously kicked the buzzer beater last week or last year. We spoke about it last week. The battle he had at McKeg that day and he, he came up trumps. Kind of echoes what James was saying earlier on about a forward only needing a moment to ruin a defender's day. Have you changed your tune at all since we were chatting last week? No, like, I think it's a really tight one to call. Um, like, like Derry have put back-to-back performances. They have serious energy. They'll be well-organised. They have a system to aim to shut down McBurty and Langan. They'll know... Donegal have an advantage of playing against the system because they've long-range point scores. Langan, Thompson, Murphy can all hit bobs 50 or outside the Derry press. Like Derry will get bodies in around the D. They'll, they'll shut down that space. But Bertie's not going to get a lot of possessions, I wouldn't have thought. Um, but you counteract that by being well-organised, by having guys that can punch holes. So that's like McFadden Ferry, uh, Old Ball Gallagher, Roy McHugh. And then you've guys that can kick long-range points, which is what Donegal have. I, ex- I think Donegal are going to win this one, lads. I think Derry will put it up to them, no doubt about it. But I just think Donegal have the weapons and the experience to get the job done next week. I think it's going to be unbelievably tight. I think, again, very simple to kind of find. It wouldn't be a surprise if Derry win this one. It would be, it would be a brilliant story for Derry to come out of nowhere, have not won an Ulster Championship game in six years, and go and win the Ulster Championship by beating the three biggest teams in Ulster. In yeah. Tyrone, Monaghan, and then to beat Donegal in the final. I just don't think they're going to have it. I think Donegal have enough to get the job done next week uh, by a couple of points. It's 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 all coming together for Donegal. Like they have essentially a full pick. All their players, but I think Ocean Gallon reading during the week is the one who's a couple of weeks away. He'd be a nice little option to have off the bench if they get him right. But to have everyone else, James. And as we mentioned before, and as Paddy is alluding to there, They've appeared in 10 of the last 12 Ulster finals. This is Derry's first in a long time. Mm-hmm. How much of a factor does that have? Seven years, final day? Um, 2011 is the last Ulster final, is it? I thought it was 2009. So it was nine. I thought it was 14 years, 13 years. How much does the, does the occasion like of, a, of a, an Ulster final in Clonus, how much of an impact does that have on the prep? You've got books like Connor Glass walking up for his first... Uh, Ulster final that's a fellow who's played in the AFL you've got Shane McGuigan who's played a massive game for Schlockneil you know is it, they're not going to be intimidated by Clonus are they? No they're not these fellas believe like they have serious belief behind them they're going in to win that game they're not going in going oh my god this is this is overwhelming they they full on are going in to win this game and drive on Um, so in terms of experience, is it a big factor for, for Donegal? They might be the calmer kind of um, side, but I think the Derry kind of operate off that kind of intensity anyway. They kind of go overboard in terms of intensity, which is the way they play. And it's so it's so their style. But <laughs> I just, I for some reason, I find it very hard to back against Donegal. Do you know, I, as much time as I have for Derry, I think it'd be a very close game. The fact that Monaghan kicked 17 
and left eight out there. They yeah. definitely left eight points out there. It could have been 25 points. I think that the Donegal are better up front than Manning from the half forward line, which is the areas the shots are going to come from. I don't think Roberti is going to get loads of shots if McCaig oh. picks him up. He's not going to get many. Is Jamie Brennan, we don't know, Murphy might drift out a bit, get some shots from outside. Then you're looking at Langan, Thompson, O'Donnell swinging over a few. They've, they've probably been told in training, lads, if we get the chances, you have to have Dublin-style conversion. Do you know? Mm. And if you do, we'll win the game. If you don't, we're going to be dragged into a serious battle. Paddy, James was mentioning there Monaghan's missed opportunities. And again, we spoke about it last week when Monaghan put the squeeze on Oral Lynch's kickouts. I think I think I read Michael McMullen's stats. He's a journalist at Gaelic Life from Derry. I think he had the stat during the week that Lynch had 54% success rate. And I know a lot of teams are are kind of looking at the longer kickout route as well this year. And, and Lynch has been looking at that. And there you've got a bit of joy. But Donegal are one of the best teams in the country to put a press yeah. on. Yeah, and look, see what they did to Armagh. Armagh's they, yeah. they actually weren't efficient with their shooting in that game, but they absolutely obliterated the Armagh kickout. That was awesome, yeah. In Bally Buffet. That's, like, Donegal are an experienced team. Like, Declan Bonner's been around the block. This is, what, his fourth or fifth season with them. Mm-hmm. Guys like McBrady, Murphy, Roy McHugh, these guys have been around the block for the last decade. They'll have a system... It most certainly won't be any nerves or in awe of, of Derry or, or the occasion itself. They have a system to, to put pressure on the Derry kickout, um, and it can be a massive platform for them. Um, I, I just think with the experience they have, the, the form they're in, okay, they weren't great against Cavan, but they, that's like typical Donegal. They just get the job done. Mm-hmm. It's a massive game for Donegal as well. It's a massive game. And, and if you're looking in terms of the overall campaign, the winners of this, we touched on it last week, it opens up for them. If you win the Ulster Championship, you are right in the mix as serious All-Ireland contenders. The way they started to draw, they played the Connacht winners. And, and I, I just think Donegal are further down the road. They are absolutely, they've been the story of the championship so far. Um, but they're still quite early in their journey. It would be a massive win for Derry. And it, like I said, it would not be a shock if they won it, but I just think Donegal, that thing, like putting pressure on kickouts, big guys around the middle, McGee, Murphy, uh, McFadden, these guys, I, I just think they have the tools that will overcome Derry's game. But Paddy, if we're saying, right, and we said last week, Rory Gallagher, one of the best managers in the country, right? One of, yeah. Definitely the best coach probably around, one of the best managers. He's looking at this, he's going, what are Donegal going to throw at us? Yeah, they're going to throw a press. <laughs> they're going to throw a watertight press, and yeah. they're not going to get away with with you know hanging it up there. Yeah. So, how, I think they could have something saved, or they could have had something prepared for this game yeah. that will just give them a bit of an edge. I'd be very surprised if they won the game at the same kickout level as um, the other week. Do you know, I think they're going to have to be better on it, but I think the Gallagher will have something. He has to. And, and bear in mind, lads, he, Rory's coached all these guys as well. He was with Donegal for years, so he knows them inside out. Yeah. He will have a plan for it, yeah. but he, w- will it be enough to secure possession on their own kickouts, breaking a pace? It, it's one thing having a plan for it, but it, being able to implement that on the day is, is the big ask for, for, for Derry. And I, I just, I don't know, I'd, like, I like Derry, I'd love to see them win it, but I just think. Donegal will have a little bit too much. I get the sense from the body over the last couple of weeks that we were, we were coming to this, that 
we felt like Donegal would, would get here. But I still feel like you think Derry can do damage in the qualifiers. And saying that, when you're saying Gallagher has a plan, I fully believe it. This man yeah. has an ulster in his crosshairs the whole time with this Derry group. And if he doesn't do it this year, he'll believe he can do it next year. When he took over Donegal after McGuinness, off the back of 14, he lost Ulster finals to Monaghan and Tyrone in back-to-back years. He left then after 17, took over for Mana, lost another Ulster final to Donegal as for Mana boss. So, like, you know, there was two years there where he was favourites, a year when he was an underdog. This year is, is nearly, he's perfectly primed to go in there now. It's an underdog with nothing to lose and everything to gain. So, it, it's going to be an exciting game. And yeah. uh, whatever he has up his sleeve is going to be very, very interesting. But if you listen sometimes to some of the top managers, they say that they like to have something held back on a kickoff yeah. to focus training and to surprise the opposition. So, I mean, does Oren Lynch have a boomer? Like, the boomer is one way over a press. If you can yeah. boom it just past midfield and get a flick on it, it's a goal chance on the other side. I mean, have they practiced that? Or is it a case that they're going to chip it and try and run it out with Rodgers? Like, that's a dangerous, dangerous play. I think if we haven't seen the boomer yet, it may not be there. It may not. I don't think he has the range of a Morgan or a Megan where he can or a Patton. Sixty-five Patton. yards over the press. Uh, Patton's the standard setter for it, isn't he? Yeah. Well, uh, Patton, uh, Megan, a Morgan are the guys that you put ten guys up into the opposition half, they'll kick over and then you're yeah. open at the back. So it's, it's high risk, but yeah. I think I think Donegal will have an edge there. Okay, so I'm going from possibly what we'll say is the most competitive provincial final of the weekend to Killarney and Fitzgerald Stadium. And this isn't so much a slight on Limerick, but more where we, the esteem we hold Kerry in at the moment and the form they brought coming into this game. Division one champions, they swept Cork aside when they had to in the last 20 minutes. Their superior physicality and skill level definitely showed. Limerick have had two Big wins, an epic win over Clare on penalties, which would have completely galvanised the group if it ever needed it. They've got promotion out of Division 3 and they've beaten Tipperary now, um, where in previous years when they've been close to tip, they've fallen just fallen short. So Limerick have earned their right to play in the Munster final. James, how can we preview this game? Like, is there any holes that we can look at? Not re- like, it, I'm struggling. I was trying to think for coming into it. Like, I'm... I, like I think the Kerry will win, but... It's it will be a good sign of where they're at. Like I think the Billy Lee will have the boys in Limerick absolutely hopping in that dressing room. Like to be involved in the Monster Final down in Killarney, it's just it's a chance, it's an opportunity, a shot to nothing. They're not expected to win. It's a free hit. And they can go out with no pressure and just tear into the Kerry lads. It'll be interesting. Like Kerry weren't good against Carr, realistically, for 15 minutes it was nearly touch and go. Like you did expect Kerry to pull away, but they looked rusty. They didn't look themselves. So they need this game and they need to go at it fully. They need to go at it with their best team and get that chemistry back because the fixtures haven't done them any favors in terms of the league final and to know they yeah. had nothing, you know, like if they don't put together a performance here and they get a tough quarterfinal draw, they're, they're, there's question marks. It's like, it's so easy the way it does change. You can go from, nothing can touch you. The couple of dodgy performances, you haven't got back to that level after a break. Then you get a bad draw and you're feeling the pressure. So I think that Kerry need to go out here and lay down, lay down a marker. Have you ever had a monster final that you were expected to win that you started slowly? 
It doesn't strike me that well, you. Do you know what we did one year and we just talked about kickouts? We played Clare in a Munster Championship game down at Clarenet and we pressed them on a kickout and it worked an absolute treat. And mm-hmm. the game was over. Do you know, like that was it. The game was over after that. We just brought something different to the table and it just gave us a confidence level going on then. So, I mean, have we ever started slowly? Of course. But mm. Like, do you think there's a danger it's going to happen again? The Cork, the Cork performance. I think that, yeah, I think there's definitely danger of it. I think Limerick are better than Cork. And I think that they also don't have the pressure that Cork had. Like Cork were completely written off and almost humiliated by their own. Whereas Limerick are being, you know, they're being praised and they're saying, just go in there, lads, and have a, have a free shot. So absolutely, I think it's a dangerous one for Kerry. I still expect them to win. I think their forwards are going to be too good. But it'll be a, a good insight into their mentality to see how they come out of it. First half will tell a lot. If it's a close first half um, and you're going into second half again with 10 minutes to go and you're needing fellas to come off the bench to win it for you, it's probably not a good look for Kerry. Paddy, Saturday evening, what are you yeah. hoping to see on the pitch? Don't lie, um, to, don't lie to us. You want to see Benzema scoring <laughs> this time. Saturday. I have a busy Saturday. Champions League final is not until 8 o'clock, so uh, okay. I'll be watching these games in Paris. Um, what do I want to see from Kerry? Like, a ruthless performance. A ruthless performance that they go out, they dominate the kickouts. Derwin O'Connor, Jack Barry, these guys in the middle. Clifford, Sean O'Shea back to their best. Steve O'Brien was very impressive the last day. I just think Kerry have way too much firepower. The job Billy Lee has done with Limerick, the progression they've made into Division 2, in a Munster final, have kind of beaten two, two tough games to come through mm. against Clare, the win against Clare and win against Tip, both away from home. Uh, it's been a brilliant season today for Limerick, but the, the quality and the firepower Kerry have, they're going to win this game. And, and I want to see them win it convincingly. Um, and that's I, I think out of all the provincial finals this is obviously the, the most straightforward one uh, yeah. I expect Kerry to win pretty handsome yeah okay let's move on to our predictions we have 11 games it's going to be hard to keep a track of this oh. one last week just to clarify Paddy went Wicklow Offaly yes Wicklow Offaly Donahue went Waterford Offaly terrible call okay well, I you have to back one outsider. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, to be honest, I I nearly <laughs> always wins, baby. Yeah. <laughs> Provincial finals. We've done all the previews quickly now. Galway Ross Common, James. Oh, you had to go to me first. Mm-hmm. Oh, give it to me, Jimmy. Come on. It's so hard to call, like like the home advantage. <laughs> it does does just go a home advantage. It does, it does come into it. I mean, Roscommon definitely have a lot of work done. It's a bigger game for them, I think. That I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go Galway to win at home. Paddy, yeah, Galway. I'm going Roscommon. Said it a couple of weeks ago. Donegal Derry. Donegal. Donegal. I'd love, I'd like to see Ross Cobbett and Derry win, but I don't think so. Of course, no. Um, yeah, I think Donegal as well. Uh, Dublin Kildare. Nailed on. Nailed on. Nailed on. Nailed on. How you can Nailed be on. so confident. I Nailed just don't know how you can be so rock solid. 
Yeah. You can't be that impressed with how they perform against Mead. No, Mead were catastrophic, but I, I think Dublin, Dublin are going to win this game. 100%. Jimmy, don't be giving this folly. Home advantage as well. Sorry, Croker. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's neutral. Uh, sorry, yes, sorry. If it was in Parnell Park, that they <laughs> Yeah, I, I I really am looking forward to that game. I think that the Kildare should give them a good rattle, but I do expect Dublin to come through. But I don't think they'll break the six point barrier. I think it'll be it'll be three or four points max. Right. Tommy, come on. I can't do it. I'm gonna go with Dublin. I just think, yeah, you're right. I think Dublin are in the groove. Yeah. And Kildare maybe just missing one or two defenders. At the minute, Edsonley is where Kildare are going to come unstuck. I feel, yeah, unless they have a plan for number ten and have something up up their sleeves that throws a spanner in the works, and I don't know whether that's not possible. We'll mo- we'll move on. Kerry Limerick, are we going? Kerry, Kerry, Kerry. Yes. Right now, the interesting games in the Touching Cup: Cavan Down, Breffney Park, two o'clock, round one of the Northern Group. Cavan all day, all day, all day long. Is Brad a good player with David? Is he? I actually think <laughs> Kilku, the two, one of the Kilku lads that were in the squad has left since Brandy and Cal. Oh, so, uh, thrown out. Caelan Mooney left. <laughs> no, he, he, wasn't, he wasn't thrown out, but he, he left on his own accord. Cavan are going to win that one, lads. Cavan are favourites for that talent. Yeah, I think Cavan have Cavan have some ballers there. Yeah. You know, Smith. They were just. Yeah, they're impressive. Operating at a very high level the last day, so I'm going to go with Kevin as well. Yeah, down lost five players after a beating by Monaghan. McAvoy, Jared Collins, Charlie Smith, Corey Quinn, and Caelan Mooney have left the squad. So it's, it's hard. It's hard to back down there. Um, they're seven to one on as well. Yeah, they should just. They are. Yeah, and Kevin more impressive. Kevin more impressive against Donegal that went down to the wire. So I think we're going Kevin, Kevin, Kevin. This game is live in GA Go. It's in Carrick and Shannon. It's Division 3 Antrim and the McGinley and Stephen mm. O'Neill at the helm against Andy Moran's Leitrim. It's live on GA Go so you can stream it. I streamed Wexford Offaly today. Enjoyed it. A very competitive game. Leitrim. Are you back in Leitrim to beat Antrim? I'm going to go, yeah. Leaf out of Jimmy's book. The home advantage. Um, I, it's tight. Like, Antrim are probably favourites for this, are you? I would say. I'd have to check that. Antrim favourites. Four to seven. Back in Andy, I'm back in Leitrim, in Caracachana, the big crowd. This is the type of game that the Talta Cup is brought in for. Yeah. Two penalties, it's a big game for both of them. Um, it should be a brilliant game. Um, but I, I wasn't impressed with it. I watched Antrim against Cavan. Um, they, were, they were poor now. They were poor, but they didn't have enough to be, get over Leitrim. I, I, I just think Leitrim were going to nick this one in Caracachana. I'm going to go with you. I think this. I think Leitrim will win it at home. I think there'll be a savage atmosphere there. Yeah, there'll be an expectancy as well. In a I good think way. there'll be. You know, there'll be they want there'll to be, go and see them win. There'll be a buzz in Carrick, and uh, I am not going to curse our old buddy Andy Moran. I actually think this one's going to go to extra time, and Antrim are going to win it. Oh, Bowsers. So I actually think it's going to end the wire. I think it's going to be. I think what you said there about it being the game of the round in the Touching Cup. It's two counties who are traveling across the country, haven't really seen each other, um, haven't played against each other. There's a bit of excitement about it. So that's going to be an exciting game. So apologies to the people of Leitrim and Andy Moran, but I hope it's a great game. I hope you do win it, but I do think Antrim are going to get the job done. 
I think we just, I think there's too much up there. Uh, Longford for Mana, Pierce Park, Longford of home for uh, advantage, 5.30 p.m. Um, these two faced each other in Division 3. Pretty sure they faced each other in a couple of challenges in the last couple of weeks. What way would you be leaning? Who won the challenge? I'll, I'll give you the favourite. <laughs> um, for Mana, be favourite for that. For Mana, 4-7, yeah. For Mana, we're good for about 40, 45 minutes against Throne. Uh, there was a lot of time ago, so they haven't played. Um, I think Longford are going to nick that one. Yeah, I do too. Longford are, Longford are a good qualifier team. Yeah. They've always had a couple of wins in them. Although, actually... They nearly beat Kerry in on <laughs> they did. Yeah. Yeah. But even even beyond that, they had they've always had a couple of they've had a result up their sleeve whenever they got into the qualifiers or performance or two. Oh, fancy quickly to be to kick for mana to victory. Yeah. I'm gonna change that one. I'm gonna go for mana as well. No, 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 no. You stuck now. First I name might. on. <laughs> I might. Okay. All right, okay, 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 okay. What? It'll be close. It'll be a good game. Uh next one, Sligo London, Markovic Park. London had a very impressive league campaign. They were beaten late on by, by, by Leitrim, but they came back. They were eight points down at one stage, 10 minutes to go, and London brought it back to a point. Leitrim held on with a late goal. They won it by four, I think. Sligo, obviously, were pushed to the pin of their collar against New York. Sligo do have some very talented footballers, Sean Carabine, Niall Murphy, Pat O'Connor. I going to nick this one, lads. That's yes. why, yeah, we're going to go with London. Just, I thought they were impressive in Division 4. There's a bit of momentum behind them. They nearly nicked it. They nearly beat Leitrim over Ryslip, but um, this is my upset of the weekend. I think London could go to Markovic Park and get a win against Sligo. Wow. Because yeah. we just don't know go. how much work London have done since, yeah, since losing. You see, that's the only uh, question mark. When you ask that question, James, I have a feeling that this group of London footballers, they have, they have a homegrown coach in Michael Maher, who's 32. There's a serious amount of enthusiasm around what they've got yeah. up there in Ryslip. They have a good group. They seem to love what they're at. Their captain is a London-born lad, Liam Gavigan. A couple of talented footballers across the board. You're hardly going to go with Paddy on this one, are you? I'm thinking about it. I need to, I need to, to I'm win going, this weekend, though. I'm going to go with... <laughs> Go on, go on, you go first. Go on, go on you go first. I think it's like I think it's like a one in this game, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think Sligo probably have it up front on them. I think their scores in them. Um, home advantage. Home advantage as well, of course. London travelling. It's a long, long weekend for them. Yeah, I'll go Sligo. Okay. Paddy, just to let you know, uh, Sligo were one to five on. Not that you care about Ooh, what the book yeah, is saying. No, no, okay. no. Sunday in the Southern Division. Cullen Park, Carlo against Tipperary, two o'clock. Carlo of home advantage. What way are we going with this one? Tip all day. Tip, tip, tip. Tip for me, yeah. Tip, tip, tip. Yeah. Okay. Tip will, be, tip will be looking at this to win this competition. Wicklow have played very well this year. Since uh, Alan Costello came in halfway through the league, replaced Colin Kelly. They're away to Offaly, two o'clock on Sunday. Offaly. This is easy. I'm going for Wicklow, lads. I think Wicklow are going to beat Offaly this weekend. Yeah, I think Wicklow are going to beat Offaly. I've watched Offaly. I've watched Offaly in the first game, Division 2 against Clare. I wasn't impressed with them. I think they were lucky to get by Wexford today. I watched that game. I think Wicklow are going to beat them. You see... What these teams haven't had before is momentum in terms of getting from round to round because they've been knocked out of championships. Mm. So 
we don't really know how much they're going to actually respond to even winning this weekend. I mean, that was a huge result. So I think that Offaly will generate some serious support for that game. Yeah. They'll, they'll put a lot into it. Even um, they get bosses down. They'll have nice little kids there. Like they did for the minors and Harley. I think that Offaly will win that. Okay. Yeah. Last game of the weekend. A bit of a derby. Leash Westmead and Moor Park. Two o'clock. Westmead. Yeah, definitely. Cert. Westmead as well. Westmead are one of my favourites for, for the Leash were a bad place, lads. This the season's just kind of unraveled for them. There's no momentum behind them. Westmead. I don't I didn't think they were great against Kildare, but they got it within three points. Uh, I think they'll win this game. They kicked two fifteen like against Division yeah. One. Yeah. You know, like that is that is great to see. Like to see that scoring like, ability. You know Heslin was quiet as well, Jimmy. Like you'd always associate if West Peter got the way that Heslin's yes. gonna be to the four. He was actually quiet the last day. The guys like Ray Cadell and Sam McCartan kicked some lovely scores. I think he got four for play against Calair. I just think they'll have too much for Leash. Leash Leash are struggling badly. Yeah. Just gonna give a shout out to James Costello from Galway. You know who you are, you're looking for a shout out on the football pod this week. Um I, I did meet him in Smith's Ranla last night. Oh hello. As uh, I was getting a round of drinks. They weren't all for me. Um, I was at a 30th birthday party. Jack Madden wants to know, will an early Donegal press on kickouts counteract Derry's ability to start fast? We have spoken about this. Yeah, it could. It could. Like if, if, if Oran Lynch is pinned in and he has a wobbler, Donegal will sniff blood and they'll go for it. Yeah. And when they did that press... Um, against Armagh they were kicking whites they yeah, kicked they a lot of whites well. like Langen Langen had maybe three or four in the first half Thompson had one or two maybe they were just weren't efficient enough but if they can actually convert with that press I think yeah. it'll it'll be very hard to. I think it's a big area that Donegal to focus on and it, and it could swing it in their favour as well okay this is a bit of a, a random one James is going to throw it at you David O'Connell wants to know how did James develop the opposite hand to opposite foot soloing? Is that something you would have done much of? I found it so much more natural. So it's much more different left, the two. It goes against the coaching manual, Jim. Yeah. It does. And I actually discussed it with Chris Flannery, our coach at Legion. He was in McCurry a couple of years ago. And he was teaching left hand, left foot, right hand, right foot. Like the way you're running, your, your right hand and your left leg kind of come up together for a nice yeah. solo. And if you see the if you see the best ball carriers, they're all opposites. It's awkward looking sometimes, unless if you're running down the sideline, say you're running down the left hand sideline and you're soloing left to left because you have to hand someone off with your yeah. right hand. That's obviously that's brilliant to have. But in terms of going at speed, opposite, I'd be coaching opposite, definitely. Did, did you get much grief from coaches when you were younger for doing it like that, James? No. Plus, the ball doesn't travel half as far. Like when you're going left to left, the ball is out of your control. The ball is out of your control. If one of the kids had done one of the 15s was still back, he'd be bobbed out. He's gone. What? Back to the club. <laughs> Andrews, I don't believe yeah, get it. Get out of here. I thought we were all about encouraging flair and a bit of individuality on this no, podcast. That's poor technique. Are you joking me? <laughs> Go on, Jay. Tomas is a good man for his landing, so. Yeah. It worked for the lads, fair enough. But. Why did you start doing it? Do you know why you started doing it, no? 
because it just felt more natural. Like I didn't say, do you know what I might try now is that opposite. It just <laughs> felt more natural. When you're going to pace. Clifford does it. The cliff does it as well. Jesus, all right. I'll have to read it, it's very common down here, but yeah. I just Clifford, try and think of good ball yeah. carriers around. Yeah, it's the distance that's out of your control. Like if you're actually running, I kind of run maybe a bit more bent over, kind of hunched, which means my hand is closer to my leg. Do you I, know? Can picture, so I can picture it. It's not actually that big a solo anyway. You're already a little fella anyway. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> nice low centre of gravity. But would, it's actually, yeah, I think not many Dublin fellas do it at all, do they? None of our lads do that. <laughs> because they're corrected. We're <laughs> yeah. all robots, like. Robotic. <laughs> I can see it being coached out of fellas, but I, I just think that if it feels more comfortable, absolutely no reason to not do either way. And did you ever felt, I know you had two feet, but did it ever feel like you were bamboozling a defender by running at him like that? No. I no. don't think. It, don't make, don't even make a difference? Any, no. Okay. The only thing, it was, it was more comfortable for me. Okay. Okay. Um, Joshua Toole and Senna Murphy have similar questions. Can Kildare finally win Leinster? And if Kildare to beat Dublin, what do they need to do? They need to close the back door. That's what they need to do. Um, if they can shut down Conor Callaghan, Kirk Kennedy, Corbett Costello, they can win the game. But I don't think... You know what? Similar to Ross Common in a way, I need to see something from Kildare that we haven't seen to date. There's no doubt they'll have a plan. Glenn Roy and Anthony Rainbow, those guys. But I just think... I think Dublin will have too much firepower for Kildare. That's why I'm confident Dublin will win this game. But if Kildare are going to win it, they'll need to be able to shut down that Dublin attack. And I, I don't know if they can. I think Kilkenny has taken the bit between his teeth as well, hasn't he? He looks he's like... the last day, yeah. Five yeah. Um, he's leading. Yeah. He has to. He needs to. Like, and if he does everything, but if he can contribute five points from play from half forward, and like, it's absolutely invaluable. Yeah. If you're thinking, if you're thinking holding an 11 up high, he's the the ultimate. I know that Dublin aren't playing that way at the moment. They're playing him 12, but just to think down the line, maybe Anna Kerry with Morley sitting and there's someone like a Kilkenny in that role, maybe high up on, on, in the 11 and he going well, that will be a great thing to see, a great battle. But I know they're playing him 12 and it's suiting him at the moment. Finton Jones sent us a photo in the week. Listening to the football pod with my coffee in hand with a view of the Mediterranean from Palma de Mallorca in Spain. Oh, very nice. Yeah, so send us in a photo wherever you are listening to the pod around the world. Oshin Murtha said, any plans to bring the pod to Cavan? Well, Oshin, alongside New York, uh, Canada, Chicago, Cavan will hopefully be on the list for 2023. Um, and a final shout out, Dara, says Niall McNamee deserves a shout out. And of course, we pay tribute to Niall McNamee. Yeah. And so, um, as we mentioned, we are in Mayo on June the 2nd, our first live roadshow as a podcast. It's going to be a, an event in the night. We're going to have great crack. Keith Higgins is going to be our special guest. We're going to have loads of fun. Um, we'd hope to see you all there. Just to finish off, lads, our fantasy football teams, you'll be glad oh. to know that as the Premier League season comes to a close, you still have a bit of fantasy football to play. A transfer window is opening at Tuesday morning at 11 a.m. You are allowed four free transfers to your team. Right. You max three players from each county. There's 11 games this weekend. Three or two two players each county. Oh no, yeah. three up to three, three, is it? You change now. You have a max of three players from each county. Throw, lads, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, Throne, 
Yeah, yeah. Well, it's the qualifiers, you know. They they've got them coming up too, like so. Um, yeah. So that's that's the one thing. Is there any players you'd be having your eye on, James, to get in at the minute to come in? Yeah, I'll, I'll call out. I don't your... have many carry lads. Um, I fancy this weekend they might put up a score. Um, on this, does the Talton Cup count into this? No, Sam. McGuire. No, it's Sam. Okay. Yeah. So, having lads to do damage, James, you have got a front six of Walsh, Mulroy, Highland, McBrearty, Costello, Murphy. You've got Enda Smith and Paul Conroy in your midfield. Mm. Do you know where you'd be looking to make changes? Well, Mulroy can come out, and I think Kilkenny would be a good man to go in there. Yeah. Uh, I think he has the uh-huh. big uh, Shawnee Shea will be another man. He's going to kick points for the rest of the championship. Um, who else? I mean, Shane McLaughlin obviously is one, but we'll see how this weekend goes first, I suppose. Shane it's, next, it's next, or sorry, Shane McGregor. It's next Tuesday, isn't it? The, the transfer it's, window? It's, yeah, Tuesday. The day the pod is out, Tuesday morning, 11 a.m. You can make your transfers up until the Saturday. They'll come in to play for the next two weekends. Paddy, you've got Ryan O'Donoghue. You'd have to wait a week for that qualifier game. Sean O'Shea, Jimmy Highland, Shane Walsh, Dean Rock, David Clifford, and you've Fenton, Fenton, and Enda Smith in your forwards. Yeah, Paddy's had a decent start. Paddy's got three hundred seventy-five points so far. Yeah, yeah. yeah, James though is much further ahead. Jeez, leave it out. James is four four five. I don't worry. I'm, I'm way behind. Don't worry. Yeah, so would you uh, have you anyone your eye on any clear forwards you're going to bring in or you're going to leave Highland in there? I'm behind you, by the way. No, I'm happy, I'm happy with my lot. That's a bit of lovely, right? That is it for this week's episode of the Football Pod. Thank you very much for listening in. It has been brought to you as always with thanks to AIB, proud sponsors of the Senior Football Championship. Do check out hashtag the toughest for more. We will be chatting next week, lads. But we're going to have to do a shorter pod because we've got a second podcast coming out later in the week after our road show. You've got to be there on the night to experience the show live. We'll be putting out a snippet from the show on the Friday ahead of the weekend. But on the Thursday night, Thursday, June the 2nd in Castlebar, if you're anywhere around, if you're going to be down there, it's the weekend that I've been called the weekend. Come and join us. We can't wait for it. So that's on the horizon for next week. So we have a lot of prep to do for that. You boys, busy weekend ahead in your own lives. We have a lot of football to catch up on as well. So, forward to chatting to you next week. Enjoy the week. Thank you all for chatting. Cheers, Tommy. And thanks to everyone listening at home. Cheers, folks. Bye bye. See you later.